recording studio at Wimberley Road, welcome to Extraordinary Joes, where we tell the extraordinary stories of ordinary people, just like you and me. Each week, we'll sit down with a special guest and hear the story of their life, career, and lessons they've learned along the way. After spending some time with our guest, you just might realize that your next extraordinary story is well within reach. Thank you so much for joining us today. Let's get started. Hey, real quick before we start today's show, just want to let you know it was a little bit of a challenge as Claire was recording from Chad and the internet is a little spotty there. So we had to work through this over a couple of different days and several different stops and starts. So if you hear any choppiness, uh, that's where that's coming from. I appreciate you bearing with me on that. Uh, Also, as we head into our 12th session of Extraordinary Joes, just wanted to throw out a couple of ways you could support the show if you would like to. One way is to become a patron, which means you donate a small amount and that helps keep the show running, improve our audio, um, and do some other cool things with the show. So that link is on the podcast website if you want to go that route. Uh, You could also, if you have something that you like uh, that we've talked about on the show that I I link to in the show notes uh, that leads to a purchase through Amazon, I think I get like half a penny if you follow my link. So uh, half a penny. If you want to purchase a book or something else that you hear about on the show, uh, please follow those links. And you could also share your uh, my link on social media for the show or the blog post. That'd be great to spread the word. Or uh, you could just tell a person, a real person, uh, in person. Uh, that'd be great too. Uh, finally, just keep listening. If you have been listening, uh, I appreciate the support and the kind words of encouragement that I've heard from many of you. So that's also a great way to do that. Um, again, thanks for being a part of the Extraordinary Joe's show, and I hope you enjoyed today's session. Today's special guest is Claire McCarter coming all the way from uh, the other side of the world. So excited to have Claire on the show today. Claire, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Uh, we're going to jump right in with our aggressive hello and um, hit you with a few challenging questions to start. So whenever you're ready, we'll get going. Let's do it. All right, Claire, coffee or tea? Tea. Shoes or sandals? Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh, living in Africa, I would <laughs> have to go with sandals. Regular or electric toothbrush? Ooh, I use regular. I just went to the dentist um, two days ago and they... Apparently, I had been brushing my teeth all wrong, which was very disturbing considering at 35, I feel like, you know, I've got like 30 years in. Um, anyways, they that's told me electric bad. was better. Oh. Uh, but um, maybe that's just because I don't know how to brush my teeth. And they're like, hey, let's just give you like the training wheel version. <laughs> um, so I'm about to make the change because, again, 30 years in, I'm, apparently I still don't know how to brush my teeth. Oh, my goodness. Um, how about a morning or night person? Uh, I would say I'm a lunch person. I would be neither. Okay. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Uh, if you, this is a little bit more complex, uh, if you could change any event in either world history or your history, what would it be? Oh, wow. That is a big question, Brian. Uh, Ooh, man. Oh man. I would probably change like, something in my life that was just so awkward, you know, like a sure. year a yearbook photo gone wrong or something from right. middle school. That would that would be like yeah. my simple answer. That's a good one. I before I when I first started doing this, I I just didn't think it through. I it was like this is a great question and I was leading with it. 
And so like, I let like, Hey, welcome to the show. <laughs> Wham. And, uh, so I, I had to bury it a little bit further cause it's not a very good, uh, introductory question. Yeah, um, it's, it's intense, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, new year's resolutions or no new year's resolutions. Um, I, I try to like do a new year's resolution, but more in like the terms of a goal. Like last year I was like, I'm sure. going to read a book a week. So I read 52 books last week. Yeah. I mean, I have 50 wow. book, two books last year. And then this year I'm trying to do like a certain number of workouts. So I try to do like a number of like something I'm trying to do. Yeah. So it's not really resolution. Cause I think that can be hard. I saw if you'll try to remind, remind me, I want to make sure and ask you about this, but I saw um, a cool post on Instagram. I think it was Instagram that you made the other day that it, I wasn't necessarily new year's resolution, but it was um, a good perspective that I thought. So I want to come back to that with you. Oh, great. Okay. Why don't giraffes use drugs? <laughs> I did yes. my research. Yes, the best. Oh, my goodness. You can use that. You're a dad. That's a perfect dad joke. Yeah. Um, yeah they're naturally high. It's so great. <laughs> my wife loves, like, that That one's actually, that one's, to me, is actually pretty good. But my wife loves, like, um, Reader's Digest style and she'll just be reading that at night and just die laughing. And then when you ask, it's like, it's funny, but it's like, anyways, it's like very corny. And so, but she loves that kind of stuff. Um, beach or mountains? Mountains. Small thing that makes you happy. Ooh. Uh, I would say, yeah, reading a good book. All right, Claire, you survived the aggressive <laughs> hello. Um, Will you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do and where you are. Yes. So I'm Claire McCarter. Uh, I am a friendship fan and advocate. And I base basically everything I do in my life around friendship, trying to be a good friend and encouraging others to be intentional in their friendships. Um, so I'm an author, a podcaster, and currently living in Injamina, Chad, where I work at the U.S. Embassy. Uh, so that was a little twist in my um, my plan. But yeah, so I've just, I just love friendship and I wrote my first book last year. Wow. Can you say what you're doing at the U.S. Embassy? Yeah, sure. I work um, uh, in basically administration. So I'm doing okay. some assisting and admin work there. Um, and my husband's in the military. So I'm a military spouse. And so that's what brought us here. And am I correct in that previously or at some point you were uh, also in higher education? Yes, yes. That is that is my, my I would say, actual career path is in higher ed. Uh, so mostly teaching, uh, you know, admission counseling and advising. But um, yes, this is a whole new, uh, <laughs> new adventure for me here at the sure. embassy. But yeah. You'll be in this area for how long? We will be here for the next two years. So we just got in country about a month and a half ago oh, wow. and okay. we're just getting settled and getting the lay of the land. And so far it's been really great and we're really, really thankful. Yeah. So is every two years you get a new assignment or you get to return back to home base and, or how, how does that work? Yeah. So one of the reasons why friendship has been so important to me is we, we do move every two years. So uh, since my husband and I were married, we've lived in Illinois, Washington, D.C., San Antonio, Texas, uh, Monterey, California, and now Jimena Chad. So 
we move every two years and wow. wherever the military sends us, we, we go. And uh, so that's just a lot of starting over, a lot of building new foundations, new relationships, finding where the grocery store is every <laughs> in every new town, um, all of that. So, um, right. Mm-hmm. And your, your dog, does your dog, I guess, has to travel with you? Yeah, so Chauncey is our bestest buddy, um, and he is a four-year-old Cocker Spaniel Poodle, and he's just the absolute best, but um, we um, made the decision to not bring him with us to Chad, um, just weather-wise, it's pretty severe here, and we don't exactly have a yard, and we literally just work all the time while we're here, so he is actually living his best life with some family that lives in Kenya. So uh, we can still go see okay. him. He's on the same continent, uh, but uh, we, yeah. were, we were lucky enough to go see him over Christmas. And he is just living this spoiled life that we, you know, we're, we're jealous of his life, to be honest. But uh, but yeah, no, he's great. He usually comes with us, though, when we're stateside. So I started this Extraordinary Joe's uh, podcast, the concept of like, let's talk to uh, ordinary people who and and hear their extraordinary stories and really <clears throat> my hope was um, not that they would be necessarily extraordinary but that they people would just be able to hear from normal people and realize that <clears throat> we all have you know interesting things going on or there's all always something in reach that we could pursue if we chose to as I've done these recordings I've started to worry that like maybe I'm sort of creating the same gap like for example um, I've had a guy who's like a world traveler. I've had a, a comedian from New York. I've, um, and you're on the show, and I just I thought, man, I wonder if people are going to go. Well, I don't get to travel around the world, or I don't. I could never write a book. And yes, oh man, I I completely relate to you on listening to these podcasts and wanting wanting to do something with my life that has meaning to me and then makes a difference for others. And I I can see that kind of difference where we like put ourselves uh like I could never be that person or I could never do that thing and I want to make it very very clear like myself the way I think about myself and um I I believe firmly uh that anything that I have done anyone could do and there's a lot of reasons for that because I am a, a huge procrastinator um I put things off I love to watch Netflix. I, you know, I like, I'm not out there like doing anything that would be above uh, anyone's capability. And and that's not me like trying to put myself down either. It's just the reality of um, I, I am not doing anything, I don't think beyond the norm. So I would just encourage anyone that um, if you have a dream and it's to write a book, for example, like you can, you can do that. Um, and I would encourage you to do that. However, that looks for you, whether it's traditionally, uh, getting a book deal or publishing yourself, um, to, to do that. But yes, I, I fall into that trap a lot of looking at, um, people that I think are further along than me, or they are better than me simply because they have, it could be anything. They could have a huge social media following. They could have a very successful podcast. They could have a book deal. They could have all these things that I I don't have. And that I use that sometimes as an excuse, to be honest, to disqualify me from doing things. But I think what you're doing on this show is you're giving people 
who, who do really cool things, but you're giving people the chance to be like, hey, I am doing this cool thing and that's cool. I also, you know, yeah. <laughs> work a nine to five job and I also, you know, uh, you know, have a dog and like do this or whatever. People you interview, I'm sure have families and they're balancing all these real life things. And it's not that um, over the top life uh, that people right. might portray on social media or whatever. Um, and I think what you're creating here is a really important sure. Uh, message because I, I do a lot of times um, and I even see friends of mine who are really crushing it and as much as that inspires me it sometimes gives me pause because I think oh wow could could, could I do that or how 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 would I do that because I have no idea you know what what it took for them to get there and and so it can be kind of this game of, of comparing but I would just challenge everyone, yeah. whatever is like really you're, you're extremely passionate about or whatever dream that you have, um, like it's, it's all about small steps at the end of the day. Like nothing happens overnight. I mean, I've been talking about writing a book for years and it took me, like you said, making an extremely big investment financially and with time and travel and all of these things um, to go to the Dream Big framework, um, to meet other people who are doing amazing things, taking steps toward their dreams, to be like, why not me? You know, it's it's also my turn, and I don't want to look back on my life and be like, well, I almost did that. I almost, uh, you know, whatever it might be. I, I don't want to be that kind of person. So, um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just about small steps right, right. and just really uh, doing the work day in and day out and it is not glamorous and it isn't always fun. Uh, and I can say there's things that I've like put on the back burner, um, and haven't been working on, but that's real. Like that's the real life. Like, <laughs> yeah. So I hope that makes sense. I think that was a lot all at once, yeah. but. Yeah. Right. So, so much good stuff out of that. So a couple of things real quick. Um, there's actually a I don't I don't know if you were referencing this or you just happened to use the same phrase. There's a a book by Seth Godin that says um, what to it, the title is what to do when it's your turn, and then the I guess the subtitle is and it's always your turn, and um, it's a really cool um, it's it's laid out very interestingly. It's a, sort of it doesn't look like a traditional book, but it talks about sort of how to step into not necessarily your dream, but just sort of how to step into, you know, a gift or a, a chance or an idea. Um, so that's a, it's a cool that you use that phrase. And there's also, there's another book, um, I want to say by Jim Collins, but I may be getting that wrong, but I think it's like, that, that's probably not right. Uh, I think it's like good, uh, good is the enemy of great maybe. And maybe it's just a quote and maybe I'm butchering this whole thing, but there's a, I've, I've read this again, probably social media, this concept, like, uh, some people, um, by the way, I'm, I'm all over the place, but my next book I want to, I want to write, um, I want to call it, uh, nobody's right. And what I want to do is compare all these, um, life and, uh, personal development concepts that, that are in conflict with, with each other. Cause you know, you could listen to one expert who says like, you should do this. Another one who's like, well, this is what I did. And they're completely opposite and they both worked fantastically. 
I think sometimes we get into this, like you said, we listen or we see or we watch and we're like, well, that's the way and I can't do that way or that seems too far out of reach. But there's a there's a hundred different ways. Like nobody has the way. Exactly. Oh, that is so key. I think for for me to like be reminded of and for people to hear. And with that too, there there is no one right way to do something. And there's also um, there's no one. I always waited for someone to give me permission. Some I I was like waiting for someone to be like Claire. I see this gift in you, and I know that you're meant to write a book. And so you need to do it. That never happened, okay? And that probably will never happen with any other dream in my life that someone will be like, Claire, you are meant to, you know, have this amazing podcast. No, no one is going to come up to me and be like, you have permission to just do it because I know that you can. And I was waiting for a really long time to have people that I admired or people that, we're doing similar things that I wanted to do for them to like, almost like take me under their wing and be like, no, you, you can do this too. Like I see myself in you and, and that never happened for me. And so I would just um, emphasize too, that it's really important to just give yourself permission. That was, that was a huge roadblock for me uh, was just waiting uh, for someone to give me permission. And I think that was such uh, it was it was such a roadblock to me, and it prevented me from taking any action because I was waiting for someone that I looked up to or someone that I thought was almost like a gatekeeper, right? I was waiting for someone to be like, "Oh, welcome to this author world. Like, let me let me guide you through it." That, that quote that I was mentioning about good uh, good is the enemy of great. Like, I've always and maybe I read this from someone. I don't want to take credit for it, but. I started thinking like, you know what, like great is, can be the enemy of good. You know, like we sit around trying to do what you're talking about and we, and we, our measuring stick becomes unreasonable in a way from our, from where, you know, we're starting at the beginning and we're looking at someone else's midway point and we're like, well, I can't do that. So I'm just going to not do anything. Um, so that made me, that, that came to mind when you were talking about, you know, writing your book and jumping into that process. Um, and the other thing was, uh, I wrote about this in my book as well, that comparison, you know, the, I guess the common quote is like, comparison is the thief of joy, but comparison is also like the thief of action. You know, you, you get into that comparison, uh, mindset and then you just don't do anything. Absolutely. That's been so, yeah, that's been so huge, um, for me is, um, comparing everything. And, and I think it's just, it's a human uh, instinct to, to do that, but I think it is such a hindrance and it, it doesn't serve anyone at the end of the day because what someone else is doing, even if it's in the same, it's in the same vein of what you're doing, you have, everyone has something unique to bring. So even if someone already did what you want to do, you have your own unique voice, your own perspective, your own, you know, your own life that brought you where you are. So there's a lot of things that differentiate each of us and, um, just, with the, you know, great being like kind of a enemy of good things. Like I struggle with perfectionism, which is such a, it's like, that's like the most annoying thing to hear people say, right? It's like, oh, how hard for you. Like you, you know, whatever, like, but, but, but what it really is, is it's just, um, it's just a huge barrier to doing anything. Um, it's just extremely, you just stick extremely stuck because you don't want to make a mistake. You don't want to 
put anything out there and have people criticize it or judge you or, or talk bad about your work or whatever. And again, that's not how we grow. Uh, we don't grow by just trying to do everything perfectly and we don't learn by trying to do everything perfectly. And I'm, you know, I just recently turned 32 and these are things I'm still <laughs> like battling. It's like, oh my goodness, like I can make mistakes and that's okay. I can, you know, post something on social media and it can, you know, people can disagree with it and that's okay. Um, for so long, I thought, you know, if people liked me enough or, or they agreed with me that that was success and, and that simply isn't true. So I think everything you're talking about, um, I, it's so important for me to be reminded of and I think for people to hear. So. Yeah. And the other thing that comes to mind hearing you say that those things is that it doesn't always have to be, it doesn't, I mean, you talk about needing permission, but you know, approval comes along with that. Is what I hear you saying. And it, for me, I've had to like with this podcast, I had to start off telling myself like, I, I'm not going to be, you know, Tim Ferriss or some, you know, million download podcast guy. And I can't allow myself to get into that mindset of like checking my podcast stats because my goal is to talk to interesting people, which I enjoy and gives me like energy and life and, 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 and give other people a platform to tell their story. And that needs to be it for me right now. Cause I know that if I get caught up in looking at my stats on my podcast and it'll diminish what I'm trying to do. So for, for me, like, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but like writing a book and doing a podcast and, and blogging a lot of that. And I don't mean this selfishly, but it's for me, it's a way for me to use the gifts God's given me. And that's it. Like period, no, like comma and make a lot of money. I would love to, and, and maybe that happens and maybe this grows into something different. But for now, I think I just, I just need to honor what I'm learning and becoming okay with saying are gifts that I have and passions that I have and that's it. Just honor those things and do them and then see what happens. 100%. I think we're so conditioned to when, even if we have a hobby, something we just simply enjoy doing, we're almost trained that uh, we, we, that's great to have a hobby, but is it making you money? Is it getting you status? It, what, like, what else is it giving you other than just sheer enjoyment? And I think that's we're losing so much by that. It's like, why can't I just do a podcast because I enjoy it? And I don't need to be trying to do anything else than just simply enjoy, like you said. Um, and I'm, I'm right there with you because there's so much that surrounds this kind of world that we're in of creative uh, endeavors and things online. And um, everyone tries to make it look so easy and that it's all, it's all about the numbers and how many people listen or read. Um, but I think we should just first enjoy it like you said so i'm i'm right there with you this is an encouragement for people to to do and act and be just you know take take the gift or the idea or the interest and, and like take some action and do something um did you walk away from dream big with the book idea or did you have a a long list of things what did that look like as you left that kind of led you towards some of these actions you were talking about? Yes. So I had a list of a few things. Um, I know one of the things on my list was to write a book. 
Um, another thing on my list was to learn French and another thing was to learn to sail. And so since then, I have, my book is out, so that is good. Um, I learned French, although I wouldn't say I'm you know, fluent by any means at all, but I can order at a restaurant, which is a big deal for me. Um, and then the last thing I remember on my list was learn to sail, which I still have not done, but I'm hopeful that I, I can do that. But I think it was, it was so cool to have, like looking back now, it's so neat to be like, wow, that really started me on this journey to do things that I had always thought about doing, but never took any practical steps toward accomplishing. And so it's really kind of neat to, to take that look back and say, wow, that's where it started. And it helped me having the support and the people around me and they were doing their own cool stuff to be like, yeah, like I need to do this. I need to write this book. I need uh, to get my thoughts out there. And so it, I mean, it, it's really, to me, it's so cool to just have that opportunity to look back and be like, wow, like I, I did something that I said I was going to do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay, so your book, the the intentional friend. I'm curious. Well, I'm curious about several things. One one thing is, what have you learned, not only in the writing process, um, but what have you learned about friendship as you've gone through uh, the process of writing your book and talking to people about friendship? Yes, I learned so many things and. I, one of the biggest things I think is, and what I, the reason I wrote this book was because I felt that people were not talking about friendship as much as I think they should. Um, I think we talk about romantic relationships all the time. And we always ask people like, when are you getting married? Or like, you know, whatever it might be about romantic relationships, but we don't often talk about like the health of our friendships or how we're going to make our friendships last over time. And so I really wanted to share kind of a message focus on that and being intentional in our friendships, because truth be told, a lot of times our friendships um, could outlast. Um, or like, for example, my grandma, <laughs> she kind of inspired me in this world of friendship because she's had friends for uh, over 70 years, um, a group of girlfriends that have been in her life. And a lot of them have out, outlived their spouse. And so these, this group of women, they support each other and they're there for each other. And I feel like that's something that, at least for me, that I don't see so much happening with my like generation, I guess. And so I really wanted to talk with people about that and just hear what people had to say about how they make friendship work, especially for me, I'm a military spouse. I move every two years. I have long distance friendships I'm trying to, to, you know, continue. And then I'm also trying to make new friends in these new places. And so it's kind of this like push and pull for me of, of how do I maintain these friendships while making new ones. And I want to have that solid foundation of friendship uh, to lean on because it, it's truly so important to have a healthy life is to have healthy relationships. And that includes friendship. And so I was just blown away when people would open, you know, up to me about their friendship experiences. Um, I've had people tell me that they don't need friends. And I think that's also a very interesting um, perspective to look at. And so I kind of just try to combine all of those thoughts into this book um, and make it accessible for people. And just to give people a chance to think about, like, what am I doing in my friendships and what do I want to be creating in them? Because we 
often don't take time to think about that. At least I didn't. So that was kind of the whole purpose behind it. And it was just um, a real friendship effort to make it come to life. A friend um, helped me. She, she designed the book. She designed the cover. I had friends edit the book for me. I mean, it was a real effort with all my friends helping me and, and being there behind me, which was also really neat to, to have. That's so cool. Yeah. How, how good does it feel just to have a book out there? Uh, well, you have to tell me too, because you have a book out there. So um, I think, uh, <laughs> yeah, you yeah. do. Um, I think it's uh, confusing, to be honest, because I, for me, it's, it's very, very exciting. But the other part of me sometimes like downplays it. Um, because it wasn't published traditionally. And so I self-published. And so part of me, like to get really deep, like part of me feels a little bit not, uh, like it's not as legitimate, say, as if I had a publisher and a book deal. And so that's something that I just have to get over because I, I did the work, I put it out there, and I am extremely proud of that. But there's also this like, uh, kind of the traditional publishing world that kind of leads us to believe maybe, uh, or leads me, leads me to believe maybe that if you self-publish is not uh, as uh, important. Um, so I'm kind of like, it's a confusing thing to have it in the world. I, I'm really, of, of course, super proud of it. And I want people to read it and, and take something away. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's kind of this weird dynamic of oh, yes, like I wrote a book. And if people ask like, oh, well, like who published it? <laughs> I'm like, well, well, I did it. And you can publish a book too. Um, so it's kind of that tricky spot. I don't know. How do you feel about that? I have had the same feelings about the publishing side. Um, I, I, think, I think I'm over that um, for a few reasons. Um, but I, I don't think it, it didn't really bother me anymore, but I, I remember I've wrestled with that. I, I've read a statistic that says, and I don't know what the, I can't remember what the number is, but like just a, a huge number of people, one of their goals in life is to write a book. And you could probably have conversations and people are like, oh, I got a book and I, I want to write a book when I retire. Or I've got a book about that or, and not the, the also equally high percentages the number of people who haven't actually written a book. Um, so I'm, pr I'm, I'm proud of the fact, like you said, you know, I said I was going to write a book and I wrote a book. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. Uh, it takes a lot of work. And when you write a book, I think it, along the lines that you and I did, um, sort of a encouragement, self-reflection, personal story type thing, it, it takes a little bit of guts to put that out because it's not the same as, and again, I shouldn't say it to compare, but um, it's a little more personal, I guess, than you're opening yourself up as opposed to um, writing a story with, you know, a fiction story with characters. So you're opening yourself up to share a lot about you. And so, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I think it's pretty cool that we wrote a book. Uh, part of me is like, you know what, how long would it have taken me to go through these publishers, get someone to say yes, and then, not that I've made any uh, significant amount of money, but then then have to pay them a, a fee to do all that they do and for every book sale. And 
you know what, we just said, uh, hey, I want to write this book and I'm going to write the book and then I'm going to publish it and put it out there. I think it's pretty cool. No, that's such a good point. Like it is, it is really cool. Um, but I, yes, I, I think so many people do talk about wanting to write books and I always say, Hey, like you can like, go ahead and do it. Like you could just follow, like you can do it. Anyone can. And so, um, but yeah, I think, I think it is really cool that we, we both did something that a lot of people talk about. So I need to remember that. So thank you for the reminder. <laughs> from a personal standpoint, whether for all the people who, who say they want to write a book, whether 10 people read it or, or 10,000 people read it, there's some, um, I don't know, therapeutic or like, it's a good exercise personally to go through that, I think, because you're sharing these stories and you're telling, you're putting thing out, putting things out there that are important to you. And Anyways, I thought that there was some power just personally for me to, to get some of that stuff out. Did you experience any of that? Yes, 100%. And I think, too, like you said, if, if, if even just one person, you know, I, even if one person just said, oh, I really, that really resonated with me and I could see myself in what you wrote about, like that is the goal, um, you know. And I think it, it's just really, really, it is therapeutic to get, that out there and to see if anyone can relate to your kind of life experience and how you kind of look at things. Um, it can make you feel less alone, I think. And so that was what was really neat for me to go through this writing process was like, sometimes I feel alone in, in a lot of different ways, not just um, with, you know, caring about friendship, but it was nice to have people say like, no, like this was really needed and they really needed to hear that. Um, and so on that side as well, it's really, it's really kind of <laughs> nice to get that feedback. You mentioned, um, about sort of friendship compared to marriage or romantic relationship. And one of the things that came to mind is, and I don't know that if this is, uh, scriptural or just, a something I've heard and personal belief I have, but you know, there's a a belief that, you know, putting all of the weight, sort of the fulfillment weight on your spouse is like really unhealthy. You know, they can't as much as they or, or your your partner, as much as they love you, um, as much as they do for you, as engaged as they are, you know, asking them, whether implicitly or explicitly, asking them to fulfill all of your needs is just just a burden to, to me that's too great to bear. So having having these powerful friendships to turn to, to, to fulfill some of those, those needs that you have that your spouse can't or shouldn't be asked to is a big deal. I think what, what other things did you, did you learn about the power of friendship? Like in what other ways do you find that friendship is powerful and, and meaningful in our lives? Absolutely. I think you just said it perfectly. Um, I, um, am so grateful that my husband is, you know, he understands my, my, the need for me to have friends. And I want the same for him, um, to have people he can, can enjoy his hobbies with and can go do stuff with and can talk about, you know, funny stuff or serious stuff with. And I think it's so important that, um, you know, that we each have that for us. But, um, but I really think what, um, I learned a lot about was the power of um, forgiveness within friendship and the power of 
of being able to share things that, um, you know, I think you can, you can tell the strength of a friendship when you have to, you either go through something really difficult and you lean on a friend and they're there with you and they stay by you. Um, I think that's when we learn maybe the most about our friends is when we, we have to go through something very difficult. Um, and then I also think too, when we, we share, when we're able to share openly with a friend about maybe a struggle we're going through that we're embarrassed about or something that we thought we could never share with someone. Um, to me, that is uh, like so beautiful to me. And I'm so thankful that I have people in my life and it's not every friend, right? We have we have close close friends that know us well and want the best for us. Who who we can lean on and who we can share, um, you know, those really deep things with. And I'm really grateful that I have the the chance to to have those people in my life. And I hope I'm that person for other people. But um, but I think friendship is kind of one of those things that throughout life you always you're always learning something new about it. You're always going through a different season in your life in regards to your friendships. And I think to me, that's what's so, so beautiful and so exciting about friendship is that it is this kind of ever changing thing, um, which, which makes it kind of hard to write about (laughs) actually. Um, but, but I think it's such, it's such an integral part of, uh, of life and of, of having community. And it's something that we as human beings just, we just, we just need, and everyone has their own way of doing it, uh, which I think, again, is, is what makes it so fascinating. So uh, yes, all the things <laughs> about friendship, it, it's just, yeah, it's just so important. Yeah. One of the, um, I wish I could remember the author's name. I'll put the book in the show notes, but one of the coolest ways I've heard it described, or for me, I guess, like you said, everybody sees it differently, but one of the cool things that I like about the friends that I'm closest with is this author describe it as, as lingering. So just this idea of just, just being around, right? Not being in a rush and just the power of sort of just being present with our friends. And I can, when I read that, I can think of scenarios with, with certain people where, you know, there's nothing incredible happening. There's no deep conversation, although I, I value those as well. But just this concept of like, hey, I'm just going to show up and be here. I've got a friend who, and I don't even, like, I say this jokingly, but I don't even think we invited him. But he showed up at all of the, like, we, the, both births of our kids, um, post-birth. He's He was just there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he he lived close, but not, you know, super close. I mean, he had to make a drive and... It was just the power of like, hey, there, you know, he's here at a big moment, you know, just, just hanging out. So that idea of lingering is something that really stuck with me and resonated resonated with me when I read about it. I love, I love that. My my dream world is one where my my home is a place where people, you know, linger and they come and like you said, you don't have to be doing anything. I could be doing laundry, like just doing my normal stuff. And people just feel that they can, they can stay and they, you know, it's not hurried. It's not anything, but just being together. Like that is, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Where are we getting it right or wrong? You you can choose one or both, however you want to answer that. But where are we getting it right or wrong as it relates to friendship based on sort of your studies? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. 
Well, that's a tough one because I, <laughs> I am working on, um, you know, being, because uh, I, I, I tend to be, and I'm trying to be more flexible in my, in my life in general, but I tend to be kind of all or nothing thinking. And so in terms of friendship, that doesn't really work out well because, um, because people are people and people can't always, um, you know, meet every yeah. expectation we have. And so that's an ongoing process. But um, I think uh, the ways that we're getting things right in friendship is just to even be talking about it. And that's what I want to encourage people to do is just talk about yeah. your friendships, what you need from a friend. That can be a very awkward conversation, but I think it could be a really great way to show someone that you really value them is to say, hey, this is what like when you, you know, text me and see how I'm doing, like that means so much to me. Like I really value that. Um, like just saying those things I think um, is something that people are, are doing well. Um, and, you know, I don't, I think on a whole from, from speaking with people and, and hearing their stories, I think honestly on a whole, like peop, I, I admire the people that shared their stories with me because they are doing friendships so, so well. Um, and so beautifully and everything that I wrote about in the book mostly um, was stories from other people of, of things that that they taught me how to do or I thought oh my goodness what that's such a great idea that they're doing that for their friend um, and so I was just really inspired you know yeah. Um, yeah. being able to talk with people and, and being having the chance to travel around and talk to people from different places um, and see kind of different perspectives on friendship um, but yeah, I think people are doing doing a lot more right than wrong, I would say. Um, and it's just, that's really encouraging to me. Yeah. yeah. You know, you mentioned your grandmother and, and these people that you got encouragement from. Was there anything that you noticed that was uh, consistent or that stood out? You're like, hey, this is all these people who are doing it well. This seems to be something that could be applied you know, everywhere or something that I would like to apply so that I can have these types of friendships? Yeah, I think um, I, I, the first thing that came to my mind was um, prioritizing. So I think um, when people shared with me, um, you know, and, and people who shared their struggles with me of maintaining friendships, right, that the issue kind of always came back to what their priorities were in life and what they made time for. So the people who are doing yeah. friendship really well they have whether it's something that's regularly planned or they have a regular phone date or they have something that um, it is consistent and they make that time for their friends that is something a thread i kind of saw throughout and then conversely with people who, who are struggling with uh, maintaining friendships over time uh, you know it, they always express to me there's not enough time for me to do it i'm a i'm a wife i'm a mother i work full time all the things, right? And that's really challenging to find margin um, to invest in friends when you, you feel so overwhelmed. Um, and so I think just the, the having, making time and space, even if it's just for like a five minute conversation, but that was something I, I saw throughout was just taking the time. One of my really good friends, and it's kind of, I mean, I don't, I can't relate at all to how women do friendship, but for men, sometimes I think there's just maybe different challenges, I guess, or different perspectives. So maybe kind of awkward to to say this. Uh, it, it wasn't for me and this guy, but 
anyways, I, I just told him I was thinking about it and he lives several hours away. And, um, so we speak a lot, but we don't always get to see each other. So I just kind of, I didn't, I didn't ask him if he wanted to commit to it. I just said, Hey, I'm going to commit to, you know, once a quarter, like I'm going to come see you. So, you know, once a quarter, I'm going to, I'm going to make an effort to come see you. And, and he was they obviously reciprocated it and was excited and we have. And so it's been, like you mentioned, the intentionality of you know saying that out loud and committing to it is a, uh, it's definitely something that I think strengthens the relationship and sort of puts it out there to make sure that you're committing to it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's amazing. See, like things like that, that I learned from people like that is, that is so amazing. And, and I don't think that's the norm. Uh, I think that is is exceptional. So I just applaud you. That's so that's so wonderful. What's on your radar in terms of your your creative ventures? Are you? Um, I know you're you're like you said, life is life, and there's there's things to do, and um, other people can can take sort of control of our time. But is there? Is there more to come on friendship or other creative uh, outlets that you might have planned other than learning to sail in the future? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. I think, um, you know, living here in Chad, um, I, I hope during my time here, I'm, I'm hoping to put together um, another book. Um, again, it will, it will continue to be on friendship because I just think I, I have a lot to say I have a lot of stories. So I think I want to do definitely another book on friendship, maybe something a little more um, like funny and and some funny stories of things that, you know, have happened to me in that world because I, as much as I love friendship, I can be a very awkward uh, person because I just like want to, you know, just talk, talk about everything and, 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 you know, be like, it's just, Anyway, it can it can go horribly wrong for me sometimes. So I think I, I'm going to work on a book, um, a book explaining explaining all my my stories of that. But I, I'm excited to do that. And then I hope um, it seems like our internet connection here is is good, which gives me hope that I can continue my podcast where I speak with uh, people about their friendship experiences and all the cool stuff that they're doing. And so I hope I can continue that as well. Awesome, awesome. Well. Claire, thank you. I know there's several um, obstacles to overcome just based on time and geography and all those things and scheduling. So I really appreciate you coming on and taking the time to share about a really important topic and something that you're uh, passionate about. And I know that the the folks listening will have gotten some encouragement from hearing from you. So really appreciate you taking the time to do that. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. And thank you so much because you're setting an amazing example uh, in your friendship. So I just thank you so much for, for sharing with me. Sure, Claire. Again, thanks. And uh, look forward to hopefully talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Thank you for tuning in for another session of Extraordinary Joes with podcaster, author, and friendship aficionado, Claire McCarter. Hey, thanks for your continued support of the podcast. And I look forward to talking to you next time.